Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon. Here it is. We're back on Blog Talk Radio on the K Factor, where K equals kindness, and the factors are all the things that lead to it. So what leads to kindness? Well, in order to be feeling kind, I want to open this show today with that question. What does it take for you personally to feel your kindness? I'm going to give you a minute to think about that. And I'm going to remind you, this is your host, Dr. Deb Carlin, here at K-Factor on Blog Talk Radio. And (laughs) I have a co-host. I have a co-host here who is... Come on in. (laughs) It's like a game show. Come on down. (laughs) We are live and on the air. How are you, Mr. Ron Williams? We're already live. Okay, good. There you go. Well, people will never never blame us for being too um, prepared. Yeah, stodgy. (laughs) Are you in a rocking chair? I'm in a rocking chair. Oh, that's perfect. So here's what I did. I I introduced our show and I said, the K factor, where K equals kindness, and the factors are also things that lead to it. And I said to the audience, so here I am. I'm going to ask you while we're waiting for our other host, Ron Williams, uh, what does it take for you to feel kindness? What, what What has to be in place for you in terms of being ready? to extend kindness? Because I think right now with everything that we're talking about, Ron, this is an essential question. Because one of the things that we've been talking about is we're seeing so much violence and anger. We're seeing a lack of kindness. Yeah. We're seeing too many withdrawals and not enough deposits. You know, if if health really is a form of energy, and there are many forms of that energy, Mm -hmm. uh, we either make deposits or withdrawals, whether that's getting fresh air or some sunshine or, you know, uh, you know, water is great. Uh, You know, going for exercise is great. Uh, Relationships are great. Trust in nature. I always found it fascinating how when you slice a carrot, it looks like your eye and you know that carrots are good for the eyes. And there's a Nobel prize that says carrots are for the eyes, you know, and, yeah, uh, a walnut, a walnut and a brain, and a tomato and a heart. They're just identical. And of course, buns and rolls. That was my signature <laughs> foods growing up. Uh, but, but you know, what, what I'm getting at is this, though, Deb, is that if you're still alive, you have that energy. Yeah. And every, every day, we either do deposits or withdrawals. Right. And you never know when your words or your kindness are going to be a life-saving deposit for somebody one yeah. day who's struggling. So, you know, your ears will begin to tune to hear deposits, to mm-hmm. hear withdrawals when you're conversing with people. And I think right now is the time we need to all draw the very best from each other, with each other, for each other. And so uh, I think right now, you know, be careful what we say to people. And, and even social media, you know, it's getting out of control. It's just kindness works, man. It works every time. It really does. I find that... Um... Ever since you talked to me um, and mentioned um, deposits and withdrawals, I think about that in terms of energy. And I think about it for myself and I think about it with others. So I am, when I get up in the morning, I need to start by getting centered and figuring out what my day looks like. And then I need to go and move. And then I need to get in my office and I, and I need to be doing a, some sort of a nourishment and I need to be getting in, into my office here, getting things lined out, checking emails and doing all the technology. And then I, I need to make sure that if I go, if I'm up and in here, I've already exercised and everything and it's six o'clock and I'm back here ready to work, nourish and work by one o'clock, I better take a break. So I took, I went today, I went and I swam for a half hour. I was going to take an hour, but work was busy in my mind. And I was getting pings that I was needed to attend to things. And I thought, you know what? I'm just going to take five minutes. Lay back, feel the sun, dry off from swimming, and then I can get to work. I don't need to be frenetic about it. And by the way, 
in response to the initial question I, I posed, I think that this is one of the things that's missing in people today is when we're moving at a frenetic pace, when we're allowing fear to take over, our freedom is pinched. Our, our self-freedom, our internal freedom is really pinched. And instead of saying, hi, how are you? Well, how are you doing today? We're saying, hey. I got, you know, I got an index finger. Oh, I guess it's a middle finger. <laughs> I, you know, I have, I have evil gestures that are vulgar for you and, 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 and icky snotty words that I want to say, and maybe I want to throw something at you. And I think to myself, no, wait a second. Wait just a second. We, we got to come at each other with some kindness here, but if you're not, if you haven't had enough deposits into you, then you're not going to, you're not going to have, you know, you know, your bank is dry. Yeah, there's no fuel in the tank. Good point. Uh, you're exactly right, Deb. I think we have to love ourselves before we can love others or before others can love us. And we've heard that statement so many different times. And, you know, we look around the world and we think, oh, the world, you know, is changing or it's going to change or blah, 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 blah. But the world isn't out there, you know, some intangible thing. The world is right here and now. If you're yeah. viewing the ship now, this is us. This is us. The world will never change in a broad stroke, but millions of small strokes in the hands of people like you and me. So the world is here and now, whoever you're with, uh, wherever you're with, and that's you touching and, and altering the world in some way. And, and it's contagious. And I think if we all kind of manage ourselves to some degree and understand that we have to fill that tank and share that tank with others uh, generously, and it could, we could probably buzz if we all figured that out at some point, you know? I know. And speaking of buzzing at the same time, or buzzing in unison, I, I, keep, I keep wanting everybody to do during any of our shows, but particularly ours since it's Monday through Friday, every single day, Monday through Friday, to get into a zone of relaxation, get into a zone of good energy, Happiness, sharing, love, <laughs> healing, all the basic things that, you know, people laugh and say, I always think this is funny when people say to me, were you a hippie? It's like, maybe kind of like a wannabe, but, you know, I was like afraid not to wear a bra. And <laughs> <you know? laughs> I didn't really want, I actually did want to go to Woodstock, but I was in grade school. And my parents said, Woodstock? Well, how do you even know about Woodstock? Well, there was a movie. I didn't know about it until afterwards. But I thought, you know, as a little girl, I thought, well, it's a happening. <laughs> well, Deb, if you, if you wanted to go to Woodstock as an elementary school, you're, you were a hippie. <laughs> <laughs> Except when I saw the movie, it scared me. So I don't think I was so much, you know. Like I liked, I knew I liked, okay, so one year, we're going to entertain our audience a little bit here today. One year for Halloween, I did want to be a hippie. I was like in, I don't know, sixth or seventh grade. So my mother and dad let me buy navy blue bell bottoms that had gigantic daisies on them. You know, they were like seven daisies on each leg. And I got to wear some cute little fluffy shirt that went with it. And I, and I got to wear a headband around my forehead and have long, and long hair and braided to one side. And I felt very, very cool. I was around my cousins, all of whom were older than me and thought I was a dork. <laughs> That's okay. That's cool. But you know what? It, it is it is hippie kind of stuff because what it is is it was about peace, love, and harmony. The movement of the hippies was peaceful because people were smoking marijuana, which is a deterrent to anything with violence. And if we hadn't had marijuana back then, People would have been doing destructive things like they're doing now. I don't know what they're smoking now, but it certainly isn't anything to promote peace and calm and tranquility. But the the point is that the 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 reality of of kindness when we're talking about our freedoms, if I don't give a hoot about you on social media, on the phone, on platforms, uh, when we see each other live. And I come across aggressively to you. One of the freedoms that I think Americans better wake up and take a look at that's really been pinched. Can you go out and walk anywhere, anytime that you want anymore? Anywhere? Because. Not anywhere. No. 
and it's getting excessively more limited. I did never think it would happen in this country anywhere, but I certainly didn't think it would happen up in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Yeah, that's just really, really hard to imagine right now. And again, you know, when I watch the footage, and you know, you you, you try to just view it without a preconceived anything, because you wonder if the media is altering things or if somebody's exaggerating things. And look, I'm trying to look at both sides fairly here. But man, what I'm seeing on the footage is like just self-sabotage as a country. Yeah. It's so unacceptable. And um, so much hate. And, uh, you know, I don't know. They, and, and, and they just don't, they don't seem like they're happy people to begin with. You know, just, they're just not happy. And, you know, the diet that we're on in this day and age and the lifestyle, the technology, and the, 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 the foodless foods and life restraints. It's funny, I took my little boy, five years old, they have karate every day at four, and so I took him yesterday, I go, he goes, Dad, can we get a snack on the way there? And I says, yeah, but no sugar. And he goes, I know, sugar makes me grumpy. And I said, yeah, it kind of does. <laughs> he goes, funny, if you get me sugar, Dad, I'll go to karate grumpy, and I'll take that guy down. <laughs> Five-year-old. So, uh, oh, but, my gosh. Yeah, but, you know, kind of a case in point, you know, it's just like we've really got to take care of ourselves better. You know, when we take care of ourselves, we can take care of the world. And um, stepping over our health just to become sick and hopeless and cynical and fearful and survivors, we're seeing that right now. Where we're arguably the sickest generation ever, the heaviest, and the first generation that could outlive our kids. So we've got to really stop on a dime. Maybe this COVID thing, I always try to find the silver lining. Maybe this this quarantine thing was good for us to come to some realizations of our health and our relationships and, you know, our relationship with God for those who believe in God. You know, uh, maybe this has been a good time to reflect on those things. I know it has been for me, like, the more important things in life because I, I look now and I go, man, I was sure consumed by my work you know, 24-7 and everything else came after my work. And, you know, I got we all got to get better at creating balance. And, and that's the one thing I take away from this quarantine. Um, whether I agree with it, whether I think it's fabricated, exaggerated, or invented, right. I, I did get to learn some silver linings here. You know, I'm really glad that you brought that up because I wanted to talk about family today. And you had um, one of your little creatures come climbing through there yesterday, which was just hilarious. So for those of you who are only getting the audio of this, please go to our YouTube channel at drdebracarlin.com on YouTube and find The Daily Show because if you watch the video, you're going to be just delighted with the little antics of a little tiny child. So tell me, what did you learn that that is lovely and surprising and then maybe surprising in other ways about your children. Cause you've got five children during this period when you were not so frenetic, but you were actually home. Well, I, I learned for one, I learned how was it even possible that I was doing what I was doing at such a high level, so many hours a day <laughs> and, and somehow justifying that I was being a very present father. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm the father who, who plans how I'm going to wake him up in the morning. I'm the father who plans how I'm going to walk through the front door, what pranks I'm going to pull on them. Yeah. But, man, just being involved with them at a very intimate level right now when the world is experiencing some uncertainty yep. and to be able to provide and create certainty with them. Because kids, they don't, you know, they're happy. Kids are pretty adaptive. You know, mm-hmm. they're just happy most of the time. And I think as parents, we we underestimate their ability to be happy because of our own inability. But I'll tell you what, you know, just being with them as much as I have been the quality time, mm-hmm. I have a feeling that if they grow up and say we're COVID generation, that they'll be able to reflect on, you know, family experiences or close friends experiences during this time. Yeah. Maybe those will be the highlights. It won't be the dance class or the base team or the school. It might be just what happened at home, you know, and how we cooked more and how we, and we watched movies and we made popcorn and just sat yeah. there and just watched a silly, mindless television show or something. Um, priceless, you know. And, and uh, one of the, what I was getting at earlier was that one of the principles of health that I believe in is the quality of our relationships. 
And um, the, the phrase is, I am responsible for all of my relationships. Now, once in a while, there's one or two that aren't ready. Let them be until they are. Right. But other than that, design them and how you show up and how you manifest and how you project. You know, because that's contagious. And it's fine. Try it sometime. Walk in a room and say, I'm going to be happy or I'm going to be fun or I'm going to be serious. And watch how people in the room become happy, fun, or serious. <laughs> it's, it's really kind of a powerful, powerful, and it works in business. You know, I'm going to be focused and committed to detail and, and, and execution, or I'm going to be vision today. Yeah. You know, whatever it's going to be. But try it, and you'll be surprised how when, when we project, we create. Yeah. And people love that. Yeah, they do. So, you know, children are like that for us. They, when I love the book. Uh, Children Learn What They Live by Dorothy Law Nolte. Started out as a poem decades ago, and a gal got a hold of it and said, this needs to be a book. This is golden. Because when you read it, you really realize that children grow up thinking, well, this is the way that it is. Because they don't have contingency thinking. They don't have abstract cognitive abilities. They are concrete. This is it. This is the house, this is my room, this is my dog, this is my doll, this is mom, this is dad, this is how things are. And so if you're if you're um lovely and loving and upbeat, they expect the world to be that way. And yep. and I think that I, I look for the silver lining too. I think it's one of our connecting points. I kept thinking, well, okay, I I've always loved being the woman and being in the domestic sphere, love the domestic zone, nesting, food, cooking, baking, kitchen stuff, plants all over. So, you know, you get good air, growing flowers inside, growing herbs so that, you know, the house is really aromatic. I love it when people walk in and they say, how does your house like, smell so good? Like what, what spray do you use? <laughs> That's right. You're smelling nature in here and some dirt. You know, I like the smell of dirt in the house and soil. And so in artwork, that's beautiful. That takes me to wonderful places. And so I thought, well, okay, you know, I've always had an outside office and an office in my home. So this is okay. Um, The loneliness really got to me though, of like not having people here, like come on over for dinner, come on over for coffee, come on over for lunch. And having that mix of traffic, right? So I started using Zoom when it first came out. So I'm an old hand at this, but now no one can say no to me because they're intimidated by it because everybody has to do it. Otherwise, you never get to see anybody. Even though people are going out, you know, grandkids and and kids have insisted, mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, you got to do this with us because we can't see you right now. So I think that's been a blessing. And so there's this more intimate contact. Because if we were meeting out at a restaurant or a business place for a meal, we wouldn't be in one another's homes. I want people in my home. I mean, you're sitting here in my office, in my study, in my den. It's pretty yummy, you know. I got a pink pillow back there and a pillow named Love sitting next to it. Come on. Here's the other thing. I think that people have really gotten into learning the basics. I mean, are you kidding? When we started seeing commercials about, okay, so here's how you wash your hands. What? I've, like, I learned that when I was three. You mean to tell me people have been going potty and not washing their hands? There's signs in the bathroom doors all over the place. Well, the workers have to wash their hands before they go back to Wait a second. I think everybody should be washing their hands. That's yucky. Right. So now right. people are washing their hands, and I'm thinking, well, that's a plus. And then what are the other messages that we hear? This is basic courtesy. It's like we're learning etiquette through disease, right? Don't cough on people. Don't sneeze on people. Don't get your boogers all over them by exploding on people. You know, don't, don't be rude and rude. <laughs> okay, I don't want to wear a mask. Though. Here's the thing about the mask. I want to ask a question about the mask. And you better come up with a creative answer because I'm counting on you here. With the mask, what, what, what are you supposed to do? When you have to cough or sneeze, are you supposed to cough inside of that thing and keep all your yuckadoo in there? That's a good, it's like a face diaper, isn't it? Yes. Oh, yes. That's what we need to call it. Not a mask. It's a face diaper. 
The only time I ever wear like a depends is when I'm watching the Super Bowl and I don't want to miss some play. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But uh, yeah, it's like a face diaper. That's what, that's that's kind of what I see it as. And I I don't really love the mask. I don't know that. I don't know. I'm I'm going to be a compliant guy, but I don't know personally. I subscribe to all that that fear. You know, I just don't. You know, and the kids the kids are the ones who teach us. You know, because they yeah. during this time, if there was one thing that I would also say that came out for me is just how much again I can learn from children. You know, I mean, we're talking about children a little bit today. Yeah. They're just so much fun. Uh, we were going through family memories that I did with my children, and I'll never forget a family reunion for Christmas. Okay. My um, my mom and my sisters made this big old meal, and and they they brought it all in, and I mean it was just overwhelming. Mm. And there was there was fifty some odd people, nieces, nephews, brothers, sisters, in laws, parents, etc., children. And when it got time, my little girl was just learning how to pray, and uh-huh. she was really big deal with her. You know, and here we are Christmas Day. Yeah. And so it was my home. So they said, Well, I'm pick somebody to pray. And I said, Well, I'm gonna pick Gemma. Okay. My little girl. And so everybody bows her head and it was kind of a serious moment. And she bows her head and she goes, Happy birthday <laughs> to you and she sang the entire song of Happy Birthday to Jesus. And the, the parents the parents were all going, What the and all the kids and all the kids were going, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was the cutest thing and she didn't even know that there was anything odd about that. I love that. And that that was her prayer. And I just to me that's how as adults we need to be. There's nothing wrong with being childish. It doesn't insult our intellectual side. It doesn't just being open and resilient and loving and forgiving and presence and all those fun things, uh, they're just uh, really, really special. My little boy, when you're talking about the, the index finger a little while ago, yeah. I have this little rebellion of a boy. He's funny. This is a kid who wanted to be a poop emoji for Halloween, and he wore like a crown, <laughs> you know, and he's walking around a big, giant poop emoji, and some kid goes, hi, poop, and he goes, hey, you know me? Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's really funny, but Seth, when he heard that the middle finger had some significance to it, really? so he was doing it. Finally, he said, you do it again, and you're grounded. So what he did, one day I walked out in the garage, and the working, the, the gardening gloves were there, and one of the gloves was just sitting there giving the bird, just <laughs> all out. And I looked at the glove, and I looked down at him, I looked back at the glove, and he's like, well, <laughs> it's not me, you know. But kids are just so playful and so fun, and they have such yeah. fresh outlook. Yeah. And man, to me, that's how we create, and that's how we laugh, and that's how we invent, you know, that's how we innovate. It's just thinking like kids, and, and I, quite honestly, I've never had a challenge being that way myself, but yeah. unfortunately, there are so many people that think that acting like an adult is something cool. But what does that even mean? Cynical and hard-headed and, you know, you know, and the thick-headed kind of an approach? I don't really know what it means. I think kids are amazing. Well, I, I agree with you, and I've always had children in my life, and I've always had children in my house. So when you come to my house, there's I've got everything for baking, baking cookies and breads and pizzas and everything and making homemade pasta. Making homemade pasta with a group of children is delightful. And if you can get adults involved and you're getting flour and, you know, stuff all over the place. And if you wore black, it's hilarious because say goodbye to that. You're going to want it like dust off afterwards or dirty. But so what? It's fun and you make a mess. So what? If, what are you gonna live, if you're going to live your life not making a mess, now, why are we talking about this kind of levity today? Because we want people thinking about freedom, and we want people thinking about kindness and love, because it is only when you are relaxed in your mind that you get into a higher frequency. This is pure physics, friends. You have to get into a, a higher frequency, the lowest frequency, and we can actually measure this is depression and when you rise up and you get really happy you're like climbing up a pyramid and you're sitting on top of it and like wow your frequency is awesome and you can feel it when you're around somebody with a good frequency and you say boy that's a really good energy so kids would love coming over to my home i mean it just like it's breaking my heart that i haven't had a child here in you know forever but i have i have little (laughs) Uh, baking things, 
so I can make choo-choo train cakes. And they're like uh, four inches long. And, you know, you have a bunch of kids and you make you make it. It makes this really groovy cake. And then you, you know, bake them together and then you put them on these big platters and everybody gets to decorate them. And then you sit there and eat them. And it's just fun. People well, wonder. We're going to have to have a party at your house with my kids because I have a feeling you are really yeah. fun with kids. Well, and you know what? I would love that. And here's the other thing. I always have Crayolas and checkers and jigsaw puzzles and slinkies and, and things that are fun to play with. And sometimes people will say, did you mean to have this here? Yes. Would you like to color? Color. <laughs> and then so I just like, I'll have a dinner party and say, you know, all right, so at your placement, you know, at your place setting, here's a coloring book and here's the thing. Crayolas and people look at me like, and I'll do that in corporate meetings. And I, I, I actually, this is the kicker. I walk in, and this is perfect for where we're at in 2020. I walk in, and I've got to deal with this upper management group. They hate each other. I mean, there's factions, and they're just, you know, no, there's not. There's no factions here. Okay, fine. I had talked to everybody individually, but now you have to bring them together as a group. Well, there's like 20 of them in one of me. So before they got there, I had these giant post-it notes, and I had giant post-it notes, and I put them all around the conference room, and I have scented markers. They're all different <laughs> scents of markers. You know, the fat ones, you know? And I wrote different wonderful things on each one, like inhale confidence and exhale doubt. And, you know, just around the room, different things, different things. I left some of them blank, and I said, this is blank. What should we put here? So people come in, and I had the scented markers around the table. And the crabbiest person in the room is sitting there with his posse. <laughs> There's like five guys, you know, come on. And the, and the one guy is like muffling under his breath. I hate her, you know. I feel like I'm in kindergarten. This is stupid. So I heard it, and I looked at him, and I said, so I got a question for you. I mean, I heard what you said. You know I heard what you said. Now he's a little embarrassed. I said, don't be embarrassed. You wanted to be heard, and so you, you, you said it. So that's a good thing. So let me ask you something. How was kindergarten for you? This grown man in his 50s got tears in his eyes immediately. said, I hated it. Everybody hated me. I was a fat little boy, and I was wearing glasses. And I had, you know, funky skin, and my hair was just ridiculous. Hey, and, what's wrong with that? No, I'm kidding. Yeah, right. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> on, oh, on Ron's story next. So, kidding, yeah. and you know, I said, I said, you know, I'm, and, and everybody in the room actually was really captured by it. And I said, look, when you have this in your life, and this speaks to all the rioters, I defy anybody to tell me that we have people who are screaming and looting in the streets that have had a happy childhood. And that they're having a happy life. You can't behave that way in the midst of happiness. It's like faith and fear don't run together. Happiness and violence do not run together. So he's telling, you know, I'm eliciting from him without having himself disclose too much how awful his beginnings were. And I said, listen, everybody needs to understand this. We're a community here. This is a team. This is a community. Whether you like it or not, you're paid to be a team. But we need to be a team in order to be functional. We have an agenda. How are we going to meet that if we've got people in the room who are suffering so deeply? And talk about impinging on freedom. There were hallways that people wouldn't walk down because Ikipu was down that way and Jokomo was the other way. I'm not going there. I, you know, I'm, I'm not taking the stairs. I'll take the elevator. I don't want to meet anybody in the stairwell. That's going to beat you up, but they're going to give you a look. So when we had that breakthrough, and I said to people, you know, he's not the only one. You know, I remember I was teased for this, that, and the other thing, and people came forth with it. The whole environment changed around. The frequency changed. People started leaning in and listening and having compassion for one another. We need to do that desperately. Here's the problem. When people are showing up to the protests that are riots, and they're, you know, bringing in those big garbage bags. If you look at the footage, 
and the concealed umbrellas, and then they put up the umbrellas so that they, you know, can pass a, a, a amongst themselves weapons and things without the, the cameras knowing and seeing. Well, now we know what's going on underneath the umbrellas. Then they push the umbrellas forward as their shield to attack law enforcement, and then they, you know, fold them up and disappear and run away after they've done the job. You know, if we can have people, instead of coming out in violence like that, I think we should have tables and chairs, except they break them and burn them and, you know, throw them at one another. Maybe we need to have lead tables and lead chairs or concrete or something. I don't know what could stop it, but what I'm talking about, you get the point. We need to be ready. I think they, I think they should do all their, their, all that, all that crazy stuff with, on tricycles. <laughs> it'd be really hard. It'd be hard to be mad and angry on a tricycle. You know? <laughs> a big wheel. Yeah, big wheel, the big ones. Yeah. Yeah. That would be really quite fun. Well, I think, um, yeah, I think you're really right. I love what you said about faith and. Fear don't go together, you know, and love cannot exist where there's fear. And maybe humanity is only as strong as its weakest link. So we need to man up. We all need to kind of step up and say, okay, you know, it's time to be amazing. You know, I've been waiting my whole life to be amazing. Now would be a pretty damn good time. I love that. Our show here is that here's what I said about us today. I love to read what I wrote, even if it's in the middle. So Dr. Deb Carlin and Ron Williams co-host this daily show in an effort to illuminate the realities they hold dear, which are that you matter. Truth matters. Freedom matters. Well-being matters. Got questions? Eager to participate? Leave your comments here and they will be responded to. Ron, you and I live and breathe and sleep wellness and well-being we're both committed to it our careers have been built in very different ways on promoting investigating living modeling through our lives well-being oh yeah you know i just think that if you look at the foundation of what life really means whether it's your spirituality whether it's your relationships and intimacy whether it's your physical well-being, whether it's your financial well-being, whether it's your interaction with the community, it's hard to create and sustain your dreams stepping over your health to get there. Mm -hmm. So uh, I firmly believe that health is a habit, that it's not an event, and that health that we create from that is what illuminates our vision, our purpose, and allows us to go into the world and make change. So, you know, all, all of us have felt a deep sense of purpose in our lives without really understanding many of us, not understanding what that is. Boy, if there was ever a time to, to land on purpose, this would be it. You know, if there was ever a time to, to bring purpose out of thin air, it would be that right now we need people to step up and be amazing human beings. And this is not about looking to the TV. This is not about looking down the street or out the window. This is really about looking in the mirror for every single person of all color, you know, we're only as strong as our weakest link as a human race. Yeah. And what we need to man up right now. So if you look at it that way, if it's to be, it's going to be up to me. Uh, it'd be kind of cool if everyone kind of stepped up into their greatest self right now and unapologetically said, you know what, let's go, man. Let's, let's be amazing. And let's, uh, let's raise the ceiling of our country. And look, our country will probably always evolve to some degree, but not crazy, please. Let's just keep this uh, keep this place safe. Let's keep it abundant. Let's keep it attractive. Let's keep it open. Yeah. You know, those are good things about our country. And, and you know, we're blessed to be here. And Absolutely. some of us are. Yeah. So, you know, I, I love what you're saying here. And I'm thinking to myself right now, I would like everyone in our listening audience, while you are viewing or while you are listening, you've got a phone. excuse me, your phone has a camera on it? Unless you're on the phone listening or watching on on, uh, YouTube, I would like for you to turn the camera on yourself and just look deep into your face and look deep into your eyes and see this is a wonderful person that you're looking at. There's no one that you are ever going to be able to do this exercise with 
that knows you better than you. And if you think that someone knows you better than you, then you've given yourself away. And you are not to be given away. You can share your heart with someone, but you don't give yourself away because there's no way that someone can be on the inside of you the way that you are. And if if you don't know yourself, you're never going to really be able to love somebody so fully that it's so fulfilling that it feels amazing. And by the way, you can't do that when you're unhappy. You can't do that when you don't have a faith. You, you can't do that when you're so angry that you could just go out and be violent and murderous. We, we, we need for each person to really look at themselves and say, I love you dearly. You deserve the best. You're amazing. What do you want to do that's amazing? Peace filled, that's going to make a beautiful difference. Everybody's got a cause. I love it. Very well. Oh, bless you. You said something. There was a talk that I that I heard you give where I just absolutely loved it, and I wonder if you could recapture parts of it because you were you were talking about wellness, and you were talking about um, intimate relationships, and you were talking about the ways in which habit is a health, being healthy in order to come together with your mate. And, and, you know, please, as mates, and it was just beautiful the way that you put it, you were talking about the ways in which we want the other person to come to us in health. Please don't screw yourself up and come walking in over here and expect the best. What was, can you say more about that? Because it was just beautiful. Well, thank you. I think that there's something really magical about our human bodies and, and, the funny thing is, is that we, we keep talking about color. I don't even like the emojis that we have on our phone that have a, a, a brown hand and a white hand and a beige hand and a yellow. Yeah. Talk about race. I know. We're not supposed to see colors. And, and if, you, if you don't get the color right, then you're an idiot. You know, and I'm like, what if we don't want to see color, you know? So I guess what I'm trying to say is that we're 99% identical, That's, and this is a fact. I had the privilege of founding a beautiful uh, DNA company called uh, Euphoria Science. It's a great company. Yeah, and and um, one of the things that really was beautiful about this company is it allowed me to speak a truth that I've always really camped on, and that is we're 99% identical. Yeah. It's, not our, it's not our color. Yeah. It's not gender. We bleed the same color. We are joined in a brother and sisterhood that supersedes all societal limitations, all media divide. We belong together. And the the beautiful thing about that is acknowledging that we belong together. The problem with that is this. Many of us spend a lifetime trying to prove to the world that we blend. Yeah, right. you see, I, I fit. See, I, I'm looking. You can't even tell me from anybody. Look, I'm here. Ah, you know, that's a celebration for some because, and it's a problem because when you blend, you become invisible. When you're invisible, you're no longer a mirror. When you're not a mirror, you're not a teacher. When you're not a teacher, you deny the world you, what you bring. And so the 99% acknowledge it and embrace it and just understand that we're family right now. We're kin. But what I want to get to is that 1%. What's that? And you were just talking about it, Deb, is that that 1% is just knowing that there never has been, never will be someone as beautiful right. and, and, as you and, 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 and as miraculous as you, ever. It's the nerdy you, the beautiful you, the talented you, the awkward you, the part of you that scares the crap out of you, not the looting you, right. not the angry you, the you that just brings something that no one else ever has or ever will. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's what life is about. That's the part that, we, that lights us up. When we step into that you, mm-hmm. all of a sudden that you is life-giving. That yeah. you is charged. That you sleeps good at night, right? Yeah. So that, that you cares about what goes into their mouth. That you cares about what they see and hear. That you cares about what they say. Because if everything is a deposit or a withdrawal, man, let's, let's, let's get addicted to the deposits here. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, so when we get to that place, then all of a sudden, you know, 
It's air, it's water, it's sunshine, it's exercise, it's trust in nature, it's hobbies and passions. You know, I hear so many people say, oh, we used to dance and we used to foursquare and we would do this. You know, I'm like, what is this, the eulogy? You know, what's next? What's next? Death? And so I think there's something beautiful about us doing, hey, right now, it's a great time to do our hobbies and passions. What a beautiful time to just paint, okay? To, to do fun things or, or play sports or go do karaoke and sing your guts out, Absolutely. right? Who cares? You know, and uh, I think karaoke, machine, the, the judge, the judging should be how many bottles of beer. If you're a really good singer, you know, you're a, you're a one beer singer, but if you're a terrible singer, you're a 10 beer singer, you know, that's bad singer. But what I'm getting at is relationships, yeah. you know, at the end of the day, there is something about a relationship that says, it's not the nutrients I'm taking. It's not the sleep that I got or I didn't sleep. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's none. It's not the exercise I did at the gym this morning. But there is such a buzz between two human beings that that feeling of wellness supersedes all feelings of wellness, yeah. and they can't even quantify it because they're like, I'm eating Doritos right now, but I feel more alive than ever <laughs> because I'm with this person. And there's something. Take the Doritos comment away. We're eating celery right now, and I can't believe it. Yeah, I'm kidding, but all I'm saying is that there's something about relationships that when they're buzz and really working, we'll use that as the standard of what health feels like, and we won't be able to figure out what it was that was making us healthy. Was I sleeping on cotton pillows or feather pillows? Was I sleeping in the desert or in the mountains? They forget it was that relationship that just absolutely illuminated them and made them feel more alive than ever. So don't underestimate the value of human relationships out there. Create them. And by the way, the phrase is, I am responsible for all those relationships. It's not do me. It's never going to work that way because when you say do me, you're going to have an expectation, the mother of all disappointment. So it's the idea that I'm going to go out and create. There's nothing here for me. And when you take that approach, watch what happens. I love that. That is spectacular. So for all the people who listen to this, and by the way, I have to share with our audience, I I went and I did the numbers yesterday. I was just looking at, you know, how many people actually listen to us while we're on the air. And, And we don't have a huge listening audience at this point, but I really haven't promoted this. I haven't promoted the channel at all. I haven't promoted our episodes, the dailies. Uh, our daily show, you know, the, the promotions have been very soft, but here's what's really spectacular. You and I have been on the internet and been around for a long time. So we know that we've got hundreds of thousands of, of, uh, you know, followers. And we know that we've got, when we go, when we, um, give a talk, when we do a podcast and we do live TV or live radio, when we write something, a blog, or there's a magazine or a newspaper article or something, those things get, of course, put onto the Internet somewhere on this information superhighway. I still like the information superhighway, uh, the World Wide Web, you know. So most people don't know that that's what WWW stands for. It's like World Wide Web. So anyway, okay. I'm going to start saying that when people say, what's the, what's the, what's the web address? World Wide Web. <laughs> it, sounds, it sounds like a wrestling show. But <laughs> right. Here we are. Do the Um So I went and I put in our names separately and then our names together with this show. And we're over 2,200,000 and some odd. And, and, you know, so I had a couple of people who are really skeptical who want to pretend with me that they know Google better than I. And I'm just some dingling who's saying, oh, look at the numbers. Aren't they pretty? But actually, what I said was, yeah, I know. I mean, go ahead, be skeptical. Well, you know, those numbers don't have anything to do with you. Okay, well, read what's on the pages and go 10 pages deep. And what you're going to see is that even though that this is a live broadcast, it is on the Internet. So Blog Talk Radio has got a huge audience of millions, and they've been around for about a decade, and so they've got a huge audience. And so not only is it uploaded into iTunes, then iTunes distributes it all over the place, and it just spreads and spreads and spreads. Now, what is it that's good about that? And then on top of that, it gets exponential because 
I'm putting it out onto my social media. You can put it up on your social media. And then we can, I also take a Zoom and upload it onto YouTube. And then it goes out from there onto all these channels. What is it? What's the point about that? Is this braggadocious? No, this is called ambition. What is our ambition? Ron and I have been talking about there's an election coming up. We are Americans. We love the United States of America. We love the land. We love the people. We love the commerce. We love our freedoms. We love life. We want to see everyone thinking critically, thinking about freedom. We're not going to talk about what choice to make because that's everybody's decision. But what we want is we want everybody to listen to what we have to say because we're about love and light and life and well-being. And you can't have that without freedom. You talk to people who have immigrated here and they're like flipping out happy beyond belief because they can't believe that they can go eat a roast beef sandwich that's giant size and drink a Coca-Cola that's, you know, like for a horse trough and, and not get arrested for that. They can't believe that they can read whatever book they want and not, and not get arrested and, and put in jail for that. And I'm not exaggerating these things. Well, it, it just told, I mean, when you say this, it brings back. I have a memory like an elephant. Me you know, too. Kind of, kind of my nerdy autism brain. And um, when I, I used to run a company that was in every country, pretty much, there was a couple countries we weren't in. But um, I remember traveling, and I've said this on the air once, once or twice before here, that I would be in some Eastern European countries. Uh, you know, there were certain areas around the world that I would go to, yeah. and there would be these beautiful office buildings that had just been vacated. Wow. Old, old, dusty computers. And I'm like, what happened here? Did they yeah. have some sort of a plague, or did, wow. did, did they get hit by uh, radiation? I mean, what happened? Really? And all of a sudden, you find out that because it became a socialist country or it was run by socialism, that they had free education and free time, but they had no food. They had no money. And so as a result, I would be sitting at the conference table with people that were five times more educated than me, you know, triple PhDs and this, this, and this, and that. And then they were just sad and depressed, and they had frown lines on their faces. And I remember taking note of this because I went, man, wow, uh, very serious. And, and, and ironically, last night, there was a, you know, those political speeches, and I'm just going to point out something. I'm not going to try to drive something hard, because I respect people's freedom of choices and what they want to do, but I also have a voice, just yeah. like everyone here. Melania Trump spoke last night, and here's this woman who's speaking in her second or third language, or whatever it is. Yeah, right. And her story was that I migrated here and left socialism, you know, to be here. And all of a sudden, only to find out that probably the most free country in the world is being right now challenged uh, and confronted with the idea of socialist values yeah. to come upon. And it just doesn't work. Show me a place where it has worked, and it just hasn't. So, you know, I think the message, Deb, that I think that I'm getting at with you is that we've all wanted – some of us feel like nobody listens to us. Some of us feel like we don't have a voice, like we don't – feel like anybody cares about our voice. If there was ever a time in our lifespan that people care about your voice, it would be right now. Right now it would right. be the next three months that you matter, that your voice matters, truth matters, vote whatever way you're going to vote. But man, do your research and please yeah. put freedom first. Yeah. Because with that freedom, we have the freedom to love each other. With that freedom, we have the freedom to have breakthroughs in our colors. With that freedom, we can we can, we, can, we can turn off the news if we want to, right? We're not, we won't be forced down our throats. Right. And I'm not saying one side or the other because I, re, I realized recently that who we vote for is miniature compared to what we vote for because we yeah, can't defend exactly. imperfect human beings. No. We'll lose every time. Right, exactly. So stop defending the person. One of them is a little brash and the other one's a little senile. Okay, get out of that conversation. Just right. look at the agenda. That's what we need to make our Yeah, I want everybody to stop making fun of everybody. Like, if you have the courage to to run for a political office, 
God bless you because, you know, I've had people tell me my whole life, you should, you should be in politics. You should run. It's like, I am in politics. I'm in politics every day. I just don't want to have to have a security team around me because somebody's going to want to shoot me for it. So here's the thing. When it comes to socialism, I want to talk about this with you because this is big on social media. I think that there is a huge misunderstanding, huge misunderstanding that when we are talking about socialism, that, I, I mean, I'm talking about capitalism on social media. Like, I, I run a forum for venture capital and, and for entrepreneurs to get funding. And I have people in that organization saying to me, like, no, you know, this socialism is about having social services. Socialism is about making sure that everybody gets health care and gets educated. And I'm like, wait a second. Wait just one second. That's called America. We are capitalists. And we have abundance. And I don't have to have the same kind of health care that anybody else does. I can create my own, which, by the way, I do. Secondly, I can decide how I want to get educated, how I want my children to get educated, all of that. We have all these choices. Are you telling me that as an American living in the United States of America, now you're a grown-up person, you think that we don't care about people? Because I've had people accuse me. You mean to tell me that you're not socialist? You're not pro-socialism? Do you understand that that means you don't care about anybody? And I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm a doctor of psychology. Are you out of your mind saying that to me? Of course, I don't say that. That's what I think in my mind. I'm very polite. (laughs) I'm being a little raucous on the air here because you're egging me on. Nobody can see your face, but you're egging me on. So (laughs) I'm kidding. Um, People are misunderstanding what socialism is versus capitalism. What capitalism means is you get to make and keep and spend however you want. You got to pay your taxes and there's all kinds of ways to get good tax help so you're not getting, you know, over-invested in, in the Department of Treasury or under-invested, in, in, but you have your freedoms. And we have the country that comes to every other country's rescue when they're in trouble because we've got the money. So am I mistaken about this? I've also had people tell me communism has never existed. You're talking about a dictatorship. You know what? Quit playing semantics with me. So what is it, Ron? Well, I think we're going to change social media to socialism media. I'm kidding. Um, I'm not no, I think really, there's a point to be made about that. I, I find it kind of funny. It wouldn't surprise me. Some of the things that I'm seeing out there right now, I saw a TED Talk. I won't go into the details because it's just not an appropriate subject matter in my mind, but it was a TED Talk about um, you know, um, sexuality and how it applies towards heterosexual, homosexual, and pedophilia. And it was a TED Talk, as it was normal. And and I just just am concerned that we are becoming so undisciplined and so calloused that we're losing our compass for right and wrong and the things and the principles that got us here. We seem to forget them. If you look throughout history, there's a cycle of a couple hundred, couple, you know, a couple few hundred years of Wow, 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 wow. They forget where they come from and they just fall flat on their face and have to start over again. And, you know, and and I think we can rise above this, but I also think that's where we are. Well, I'll tell you what. It's a general population, not everybody. I don't think it's inappropriate to talk about that at all. I'll tell you why. I predicted it. One of the things that I've said as a doctor of psychology and and as a social psychologist, I'm looking at at our at our culture and I'm looking at our world and you know it's anything goes anything is acceptable no anything is not acceptable a three-year-old who is angry and wants to throw a temper tantrum and destroy the house is not acceptable any more than it is for a 20 year old or a 30 year old and 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 manhandling a man or a woman not acceptable manhandling children not providing a safe environment for children, not acceptable. So uh, pedophilia, bestiality, mishandling animals, none of this is appropriate. But my prediction was about 20 years ago, if we don't slow down 
and really capture our faith and our core values and our love and our commitment to those who are lesser than us. And we as adults, children, are lesser than us. They are not able to think things through. They are not as strong. They are not as durable. We need, as grown-ups to protect the little ones. We, as humans, need to protect the animals. You know, there's a hierarchy here. We don't live in a, you know, people want to talk about equality. We're all different. Don't, stop, stop confusing equality with something that's um, natural. You know, children are not equal to adults in terms of deserving the air, of course. But children don't have the capacity that an adult has. We need to nurture them and bring them up into it. And if we allow them to be used in ways that are absolutely adult only, then we're robbing them of their childhood. It's, it's theft. Yeah, and then I'll tell you what, if there was ever a life source super grand on the planet, it's kids. Oh, it's, yeah. the most, it's the most beautiful life source, I think, you know, that they're just so pure and beautiful and yeah. uncensored and, and innocent. And, and, you know, and, and you think about that innocence, to me, that's the, 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 the cues and the symbols and, and the clues for us to, to, to tap into that innocence and say, okay, you know, I can refresh myself. I can renew myself. I can be more wholesome as a human being. Yeah. And, and I, let's not forget that we probably could and should acknowledge something greater than us. Absolutely. You talk about the food chain going down. It, it also goes kind of above us a little yes, bit to some degree. And that's what keeps us humble and teachable and growing and all those sorts of things. But the second we lose sight of that, this is what happens. This is what happens. And you know what? When you talk about things that are above us in this structure, you know, I love going outside. We're, you were talking about nature earlier. I, I get my zone all the time by being in nature. I have to walk outside. I need to be on the beach. I need to be in the water. I need to be in the park. I need to walk on the grass. I need to be around giant trees. I mean, talk about awesome you know, being around trees that are just so big every single time I drive down one of my, one of the homes that I've had has got this tree lined street and those trees are 150 years old and they are beautiful. You know, you go, you go into any park and there are trees there like that. And, and I am, I am in awe and I feel my humbleness. I'm a I'm a fraction of their age. You know, the, the term tree hugger was made for me. You know, I really just embrace those trees. You know, they're just spectacular and groovy and cool. Go to the Redwood Forest. I mean, just walk outside. I, so these assignments I want everybody to do. I mean, take off your boots and shoes and socks. Find some grass and walk on it. Find some dirt in that grass. And, and and just sit there, you know, sit down on it or sit on a bench and let your feet be there. It's called now earthing. I mean, are you kidding me? It, I, when I was growing up, it was called going on playing. But we need our connection to the earth. And you talk, you know, we've been talking about frequency during this conversation. There, there are vibrations. You can feel them. And it's what we love about music. You know, everybody's got vibrations that they absolutely love. You know, there's, there, I, I love the song Hallelujah, uh, because there's a phrase in there about the chords of the universe, and there, there are there are chords that David that David sang that the Lord loved to hear, and the vibration, the frequency of those notes. You're a musician, you're a singer, you know exactly what I'm talking about. They're beautiful and they lift us. Well, there's a vibration of the earth. So, D minor. Did you know that D minor is the note of the universe? It is, mm. it, is, it is what the humpback whales sing in. It is what the timber wolf sings in. And when we do that, we're vibrating, we're frequencying with all of nature. Isn't that great? Yeah. It's funny you say that because I've written some songs and recorded them that are specifically designed the way you just spoke of them. <laughs> uh, 
One of them is called the sounds of healing, and it's called convergence, and it's in the key of G, which is for your central nervous system. Oh and it's beautiful. It's nothing but the bowl. Oh, yeah. you know, the Tibetan bowl with voices weaving out. But but I'm not just any voices. It's an extraordinary talent. And when you listen to it, man, like I'll put my kids in the back seat and turn it on and drive, and they just, <laughs> they're out. <laughs> whereas, whereas F is the key to the heart. And, you know, there's there's sensuality, there's, there's energetic, there's all these things that can come through music, but it's another form of healing. But it just goes to show that everything came to this earth for contribution, yeah. including us. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, that's right. Good time to contribute, yeah. That's right. So, you know, um, there are certain songs that I am absolutely hooked on, and I know it's because they're hitting the chords mm-hmm. that are just resonating with me. And I and I you know I need them and and I I am so glad that I've got Alexa so that I can tell her what songs to play for me. I and it, it, Alexa's really the only person other than Siri I get to boss around and tell them what to do and they produce immediately. Talk about contribution! It's amazing. So what do you think would happen, Ron, if we implemented? Uh, truly, I'm not kidding around. What if we implemented massive music over places where there's massive riots? You mean like um, gangster rap? No. I'm teasing. I know. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, You're a little bit of a troublemaker. That would be uh, that would be very interesting. That's a very good point. There's. As you probably know, Dr. Emoto, who's done some research on music and how it interacts with water or plants. Yes. Very powerful. They have the same effect on us. We are 70% water ourselves. And so, kind of a cool concept I think you're thinking of right now. That's uh, send a mariachi band through, or, you know, I don't know, I'm teasing, but it'll be kind of fun to do something that you experiment. Yeah. You're right. Playing, or maybe it might alter the actions of of what happens or change the results of what happens. If we. I mean, seriously, if we had a way to, on top of all the buildings in areas where there is rioting, you know, like in Portland, Oregon, if we send in, if we send in the National Guard, which the National Guard's already busy, you know, putting out fires and doing all these other things, but if we can mobilize people to go and put up giant amplifiers and we can play things like the Tibetan sound balls, and really get people in, you know, you can't help it. We're hitting your central nervous system. You can't not experience it. And we can, why don't we do that? I, I'm, I'm serious. I think that we need to find a way to do that. That'd be cool if the cops came through in their MVs, you know, but it was like a, a popsicle truck, you know, an ice cream truck with their speakers. And they were just coming through and that was their weaponry, you know, that yes. was the kind of it. <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't that be awesome? If we could do healing of violence through healing uh, with peace, I, you know, I, I keep thinking about all the, you know, we are, we are, I, I, I ran biofeedback and psychophysiology labs and did research and saw what happened when people started to learn how it is that they had influence in their mind over their body. And when people learn that, I mean, I think about how many people who are out rioting, what their blood pressure is doing. Yeah. And those are going to be somebody's grandparents someday, and they're going to go old and look back and think, what the heck? You I, know. Don't, I don't know if they will get to have that kind of duration, because when you are, when you are so expending of your energy, you know, talk about the deposits and the withdrawals. It's withdrawal, withdrawal, withdrawal. You can't be out doing what they're doing night after night. I mean, Portland, Oregon, 90 days, 90 nights. Mm-hmm. That's not sustainable. None of this is sustainable. What is sustainable when we talk to people who are elderly, over 100 years old, we hear what their secrets are. And their secrets yeah. are about peace. Right, that many nights they need to whip out a Snickers bar or baby root, whatever that is, a commercial. That's a lot. That's a long time. It is. I think we're ready to wrap it up. I always give us a little extra time because we get to talking, but 
I think that we are at the end of the daily show about what matters. You matter. Freedom matters. And we, by the way, are the news. I got a 20-second stretch I'm going to do for you real quick. Ready? Please, yeah. It's, it's in every one of us to be wise. Ooh, sorry, I'm not warmed up. Find your heart. Open up both your eyes. We can all love everything without the ever knowing why. It's in every one of us. By and by. Beautiful, beautiful, sweet treat. I love that you did that for everybody. Bless your heart. People are watching. I was telling a bunch of people just hung up. But anyways, love you. It's all about taking a stretch. It's all about being a little kid and having fun. Like I said, my daughter's saying happy birthday to Jesus on the Christmas (laughs) bridge. Okay, Ron, hang with me. I'm going to close this out. And we will say peace out to everybody. Thanks for being with us today. This is your hosting team, Mr. Ron Williams and Dr. Deb Carlin. Until next time.